Hello and welcome to Eventful, the podcast for meeting professionals. I'm your host, Lauren Edelstein with North Star Meetings Group. Eventful, the podcast, is our way of inviting you to join some of the interesting conversations we have with people in our business about topics that really should be on your radar. I look forward to hearing what you think, and please be sure to subscribe. I'm North Star Meetings Group Executive Editor Michael Shapiro, and I'm chatting today with Bob Mitchell, Principal with Mitchell Partnership Alliances. Bob worked for years as a television and digital marketing executive at companies such as Disney and Sony Pictures, and he was an executive with the Corporate Speakers Bureau as well. Earlier this year, Bob and I, along with Notified President Ben Choder, did a webinar about the importance of having a content-first mindset for your virtual events. Now, just a few months later, much has changed. Many planners have turned their attention more exclusively back to in-person events, and virtual platform providers are left scrambling for business. So Bob, things look pretty different now. How would you characterize our current relationship between planners and virtual event technology? And where do you think we need to go from here? I think that the the overall general premise of the event tech platforms was incorrect. And what is the, the premise you're referring to? They mimicked trying to be a digital version of a real estate space, highly transactional, you rent it out, and the customer, the event organizers and planners were uh, very comfortable with that because that's what they know from being in the analog brick and mortar business, Uh, but they weren't comfortable with technology. So there was a gap. Mm -hmm. And the event tech player should have gone out with a content community value proposition versus a one-off of rent the space. And and certainly it filled a, a need Okay, at that moment, Michael, but what it was, it was under false assumptions. And the false assumption is that the event organizers were really looking at it as a stopgap measure, Mm -hmm. as a contingency plan. They weren't looking at it from a strategic standpoint, a creative standpoint, even an innovation standpoint. This was a stopgap measure. uh, So the patient wouldn't bleed it out. And, and the event tech platforms were only happy to follow along, but that led them astray in mm-hmm. so many ways. And that's why I said the basic premise, I think, was flawed. And, and even with the event organizers and planners, they weren't naturally embracing this technology. This was not in their core competencies. And we, they're mm-hmm. wonderful organizers, wonderful sourcing experts, logistics, but for, for, for physical real estate. Right. And, and, and there, and, and so, so much of it was about the event tech life trying to run after and certainly fill a need. But when the, then the music stops and guess what? The event owners are more than happy, more than happy to say, I'll see you later. I was never, this was only a stopgap measure. Thank you very much. Uh, we really like to be part of in-person, okay? And the uh, tech platforms are now fighting for scraps. And it can be a case, Michael, 
that it was mistargeted. So you're saying that event planners weren't the right target audience in the first place. And I said this a, a few weeks ago. I think the customers are digital marketers. Mm-hmm. Virtual events are so much more closely aligned with digital marketing on so many levels in this. And, and it, it fits into the B2B customer journey aligning with e-newsletters and blogs and videos and social in a very continuous uh, way. And I saw it clearly being a TV and digital executive. I looked at, at virtual events purely. I know you and I have spoke about this in the past, and I've spoken about this at, at events, really as, you know, about a content platform, a content and community platform to, to really be focused on audience experiences and storytelling. That was very foreign to event organizers as well because their business is highly transactional, as we know, one and done. And content and community, what, what, does, what exactly does that mean? I, I'm done with my event. You know, we talked about not that long ago, it seems like a, a it seems like years ago, right? But it was just a couple months ago. We right. talked about the importance of having a content first mindset and approaching your events and your strategy from that perspective. We're in this, this realm where people aren't using the tech companies, the event tech, the way they were before when we had this conversation just a few months ago. People aren't looking to do virtual, but you know, I think a lot of people are throwing up their arms and saying, why aren't they? Like, what has changed? What has failed? Has anything changed? Or like, what's going wrong now? And maybe more to your point, how can planners best navigate this if they weren't the right intended audience for virtual technology to begin with? Well, first of all, things should change, right? You know, that uh-huh. when, when the world is opening up, right? I always said reopening is not a strategy. Look, human behavior has changed. How mm-hmm. can you reopen and everything be the same as 2019? Look, there's so many industries from telehealth to retail. We can go a long list that have accelerated their value prop, their relationship with customers. I would think that the event industry would follow along, but I see a lot more running back to one's comfort level. Mm-hmm. And look, this is going to be a, a very candid conversation that let's all be really honest with ourselves too. You know, in my background, even as a TV executive, I oversaw major events, both B2C and B2B. So I, I've run events. And of course, I was an executive at a corporate event speakers bureau. So being very involved with events. So it was clear to me though, that the event industry is quite beholden to the hospitality industry and the CBBs, Mm -hmm. right? It's very, very closely aligned. If not, one one could say the same. And there lies where you have a virtual component that is not geographic based. That is not about giving tours. It is solely at the core, a delivery mechanism for content being delivered anytime, anywhere, forging a much greater reach, a higher level of, of interactivity. But if your core business is locked into you know, geographic locations and brick and mortar real estate, then you let 
That's why I go back to how we started the conversation. The basic premise was incorrect. And, and the event tech folks had false assumptions on who their customers are. And look, I understand where it's March 2020 and, and 800 companies were blossoming everywhere and everyone needed help and you roll up your... So, but where was the strategic planning? Where was bringing in people that are non-events people. Those are the kinds of people that would have said and say now that you have a platform that is about content, is about community. In the media world, you heard being the long tail, right? Being a long tail effect. It's not just about the one done event. It's about the long tail. Or even in the B2B world, where it's called the customer journey. Mm-hmm. The event tech platforms didn't meet either. And digital marketers uh, are rigorous in planning against KPIs, rigorous in performance metrics, real time, rigorous. Mm-hmm. And that's not how I would describe, with all due respect, an event planner. I think that a lot of the conversations that we've been having over the past couple of years have been about event planners becoming or at least working alongside digital marketers in a much closer fashion than than they had before because of the way we're reaching our audiences now, right? I don't think that the event tech companies necessarily misunderstood their audience, but I think that they were hoping that this was a natural convergence, right? And I think we were talking about how best practices it it probably should be a natural convergence, right? In the way that we're communicating with our audience via events, but also via these digital means. Everything was coming at you through this these digital platforms. But it sounds like you're saying it was misguided for us to see this convergence happening on a large scale. We saw it too, even in 2020, evidently, that there was a real skills mismatch mm-hmm. with their customer. Right. And there was a, a business model mismatch where the event tech platforms was all about DIY and the event planners were saying, no, you got to make this turnkey for me. I, I'm really uncomfortable with this. Mm-hmm. On both levels, mismatch. And I know that people tried to you know, put it together and, and scramble and all that, but look what that has brought us now to this point. Mm-hmm. And and there lies where the fundamentals, false assumptions in the customer was really about I'm, you know, uh, hey dude, I'm this is really a stopgap for me. I'm not we're not going to be in bed forever, but just help me out, you know, for the next two events. And as soon as the world reopens, I'm running back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, I want to also talk about how we talk about you know reopening is not a strategy and how. Obviously, there's so many exciting things going on, and it's great to be back, and I, I love that too. But I always believe that there's a, a real market, especially for virtual events, looking at the business in a very bifurcated way, okay? You can't help but notice that from CES to IMAX to so many other conferences, Michael, that all the things that are posted, not all, let's say 90% of the people posted are people in social events with festive attire and dinner and drinks and all, I can understand that, right? It's great to see your friends, 
but very little have been posted on an amazing keynote speaker, okay, or amazing session. And certainly nothing has been, no content has been repurposed, okay? Now, the point I'm making is that the best value proposition, I think, for in-person is truly, you know, in the networking part, bringing people together. And the best value proposition for virtual events is in content and specifically educational learning. We saw that over and over. And you guys have done some amazing research studies. You would see data like 80% of event planners said, we love virtual events for educational learning. It has absolutely not only filled the gap, but we like how they work. Mm -hmm. So there lies where bifurcate the marketplace and virtual event is the content place is about the educational part. I'm going to use the example of, of CES again. Maybe CES doesn't have to be four days. Maybe CES can be cut to two days without those sessions and those sessions can be virtual. And look, the fact is, that even all the macro things that are going on from labor shortages to sustainability, COVID is still around, to inflation, guess what? If your event was two days and everything was virtual educational learning in the breakout session, that would save your costs. Mm -hmm. So there lies where they should be together, but bifurcated in that kind of way. And I do think there's exciting opportunities we're observing that too many people are going back to these in-person events to try to do them exactly the way they did before. We're also seeing that's not going to work the same way. For all of the reasons you mentioned, the, the service levels, the, the staff shortages, the smaller attendance that we're seeing as a result of these things, we might still be progressing to, to where you were preaching before that we need to go, right? 100%, because look, technology goes through periods of evolution. Mm -hmm. All you need to do is like, I'll, I'll, I'll throw out the name Napster, okay, for the music business, right? Sure. Napster, obviously, <laughs> lawsuits and legal went away, but look what it spurred on mm -hmm. the music business, sharing music, being comfortable with owning music. And then obviously, you know, now we're going into streaming, but that was part of it. Napster was part of that story. How about MySpace, right? There's pain points with technology, no doubt. There's pain points and they will evolve. But I do think that it's not about doing the same thing in the same way and expecting a, a different outcome. And it's much more than a repositioning. I think there's a lot of smart and noble people that are, are trying their darndest, but coming from media, coming from digital, I'm like, no, that messaging is off. It's mm -hmm. that that customer has left. You're talking about this bifurcation that basically there are two customers and maybe the digital marketers and the event planners are going to remain <laughs> separate and using perhaps the same or similar platforms. I hope that, um, look, a lot of organizations still, although I think it is getting better, there are some good examples, especially in the corporate side, right, where there has been a reorganization of structure and departments where events are now under a CMO or a corporate communications app and digital marketing be a part of that. So hopefully it won't be so siloed 
uh, as traditionally it has been. There many times the event planners organize we're order takers. Here's a budget, you know, send out an RFP, you know, tell, I mean, that's an order taker that, and it's unfortunate is it what exists, but I do think that there's an opportunity now working much more closer with digital marketing, with the overall comms and larger marketing teams and look at events in a holistic way that is integrated. And is the long tail and is the customer journey with technology driving a lot of that? I, I do have a, a prediction that I think that many of the large tech companies are, are, are just going to just swoop in. I thought the number one game changer event in the, in the events industry last year was Salesforce Plus. Coming in and saying, okay, now we're doing events on our platform directly aligned with the CRM that you always use. So there's no, there's no friction with the last mile into the MarTech stack. And by the way, we have a production studio. We're going to actually surround your event with content. You never hear that being talked about a lot in, in the event. And I, I find that puzzling, but you're going to see more of that. You're going to see more of that from Microsoft. Okay. I believe Google will make a play. Workspace is a great environment. I believe there could be players like a Vimeo. Why not? Mm-hmm. That's a community. They have the, and, and actually there are, there's Vimeo events now. Ryko, I think is going to change it up and not just be about streaming. Um, they're well equipped also because they have customer relationships. They have the data. All right. They have scale. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if in the second half of 2022 and early 2023, we're going to be seeing a lot of that. So how can event planners best prepare for this? Is it a matter of recognizing that the content is, is the common ground that you're sharing with marketing? Well, I don't want to throw out the H word. Because we all know what that H word. <laughs> Mind you, we've we've gone quite a distance without without doing that. But I didn't say it. I did not. Say it. Well, well, I've actually early on. I've been. I I've caught instead of the H word, and I'm guilty of saying the H word. I'm guilty of of, of writing about it because sometimes it what people understand. But no, everyone everyone looks at the H word in a different way. Their interpretation is different, and rightfully so because it's just created in real time. But I call it digital blending. And to your point about the event planners, right? And and who knows how no one can come in on, on anyone's like individual organization, how it's aligned, but let's just call it from a, a pure value proposition of these the event tech platforms, or, or I like to call them now even, you know, digital experiences. And I think going back to where survey after survey, we just spoke about a little earlier, where many of the event planners are so comfortable with the education and learning part. What happened to that? There's where you start and looking at education learning as content and thinking through with education learning, why can't that, let's say it's a four-person session with a moderate, why can't that be a blog actually right after the session? that they can be used across different platforms. Why can't that not be edited and repurposed 
to put on social media or to put on a YouTube channel. I did some work with PwC and they coordinated their virtual event with launching white papers. And so we worked, I worked with them on, on teasing those white papers, just like you would tease an upcoming TV show. And it's those kinds of insights, like, yes, you have screen, you have a valuable real estate. Use the screen, whether it be lower thirds, teases, pop-ups, use that to sell, 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 right? And there lies where there's so much untapped potential for virtual events that because they were only used as, you know, trying to mimic a live event, you know, putting talking heads up and it's like, no, it's a totally different medium. It needs a visual component, needs production. And, and that means that maybe the event tech companies have to change the business model because DIY will not get you there because the event organizers, again, right now currently don't have those skill sets. Right? Now, I again, but if they work in, if, if one works in an integrated department, yes, you might have creative services that would help. But there's, you know, like, like we, what we did with PwC, using four or five different departments to produce that's and that's you know integration alignment but there's where the potential is it sounds to some extent like you're saying that the people who are producing these events these organizations are should be becoming media companies <laughs> to some extent and the way they're thinking about their content and dispersing it uh, yes i am saying that because to add to that point the roi has to be a lot better mm-hmm. So many events, and I've seen it, as long as they break even, they're good. And what kind of business environment is that? Is that <laughs> acceptable? So how, how can we adjust now? What can planners do to reevaluate? Is it a matter of collaborating differently within the organization? I go back to... Um, to ask the question, everyone, what problems are we trying to solve? Okay. You mentioned one a few minutes ago about in-person attendance is down. Mm -hmm. To me, that should be a top five problem. And it's, and, and guess what? How are you going to get back? You can't say, well, okay, you know, maybe next year. We're hoping for the best. Believe me, I think there are people there saying that. Uh, we're hoping for the best because we have to please our hospitality. We, we've already booked this hotel it, it, until 2026. We're committed. Is that a right reason? I don't know. You tell me. Or, we, you know, we've already committed to, uh, you know, the Salt Lake CBB. And oh, I understand that. But again, what business are you in? Are you in the hospitality business or are you in, in, in the travel business versus the event business? And if you're not bringing the attendance there, for whatever reason, macro or micro, we spoke about some of the potential issues, then you don't do the same thing. And there's where I think there's an opening, certainly for virtual, mm-hmm. to say, okay, maybe it's to relook at not hoping, okay, they'll come back and we'll get back to you know 2019 numbers, but saying maybe this is the new level. And how do we not only try to make up that revenue, but how do we actually build a much larger community with much greater reach 
that virtual can provide us with a different kind of experience and have a companion. And I know there's been a lot discussed about, I'm not using the H word, synchronous or asynchronous back and forth and back and everybody has theories and all that, right? But there lies where there's an opportunity for um, XYZ trade show, right? Mm. And their attendance is 60% down. Advertisers certainly are not going to be pleased by sponsors. I'm not going to be pleased by that. The exhibitors aren't going to be pleased by that because it should be about business outcomes. You can you can only say, isn't it great that we're networking? That only holds up <laughs> so much. Well, now it does, but in 2023, that's not going to hold up. So what do you do? You have you extend your event into virtual and use virtual as an amazing vehicle to extend your reach, build greater continuity. Virtual can start two months before the actual in-person event and can continue three months after in-person, right? Virtual can, can be, you know, done right. You can't just put virtual up done right, higher production, higher a value prop up, and really be a nice companion to in-person. But that means that the way that an event planner has to work is not a one-and-done situation. Mm-hmm. And have empathy for folks that are, are working around the clock and tired and people listen to this podcast are saying, yeah, but I need five of me. Maybe or maybe not. Maybe it's outsourcing some of it. I'm going to make this up. I love Notified and our friend Ben, right? So maybe it's like, Notified comes in and say, that's okay. We're going to do all virtual for you. We're going to program it for you. You just tell us what you want and we will produce it. Guess what? That's a different kind of business model. Right. So it's that kind of thinking. Um, It's about, again, going back to what problems are we trying to solve? You know, the word that I like using in this time is experimentation experimentation and i think that this is the right time to you know to to do that excellent all right well thank you michael i really i I really enjoyed this conversation and i hope people reach out to me i thank you for for your time here i think we've covered a lot of ground we did we Uh, did absolutely enjoyed this and we'll we'll probably have to touch base again in a couple months and see i I was gonna say that might be we might see a whole different landscape but many of the themes that we've talked about will continue Thanks for listening to Eventful, the podcast for meeting professionals. Be sure to rate and review us and subscribe. Check back for new episodes soon.